0: This is Market Insights,
1: the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda.
0: I'm Johnny Hart, and you're listening to the Market Insights Market Pulse podcast. Let's talk to our two guests for Wednesday. It's Trader Nick and Oanda Senior Market Analyst Ed Moyer. How are you doing, guys?
1: Very good. Thanks for having us. Good to see you, Johnny.
0: And the war between Israel and Hamas continues to dominate the news, and financial markets are, of course, not immune to the effect of these very worrying times and of course we've seen this before all the way back to the 1970s with the uh, oil crisis which came out of uh, the then yom kippur war that did indeed tip the world into a major recession i'm not suggesting such a thing could happen at the moment but many in markets are concerned that this is going to broaden uh, not just politically but economically as well
1: very much so, and and I, I think when we take a look at the impact of the uh, Israel-Hamas conflict, we're seeing that you know the big fear is that this could spread into a, a wider war, and we're starting to see a lot more sensitivity on on headlines when you're seeing potential disruptions to supply and flows for crude, and and I think you know this morning when we heard the reports that Iran is calling for an oil embargo against Israel over these uh, latest developments, you're you're seeing concern here that we're going to lose a potentially a a major oil exporter and global supply energy concerns are going to remain the key domino that everyone's looking at to see if what we're starting to see really spread across, you know, uh, that region. And if we start to have more upward pressure on prices, uh, this is really going to be disastrous for uh, growth in the region and um, it will, you know, most likely along with a very aggressive global uh, tightening that we've seen cripple the the outlook. So I think there's a there's a lot of concerns here that you're going to see um, potential disruptions going forward and and I I mean even before this uh latest war um, we're we're starting to see though the market was already very tight the the bull case for $100 oil, $110 oil was you know, easily on the table. So I think now the markets are looking to see. You know, typically when we have that first move higher, do we have the surge? Is always there, but then you need to see an actual disruption, an actual um, uh, um, confirmation that the market just got a lot tighter. So we're 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 waiting to see exactly how the, the short-term global demand outlook holds up, and and ultimately if prices are are going to continue to rise. So right now, we're, we're, as as of this recording, you know, Brent's back above 90, closer to 91. And I think there's a, a lot of concern here that if we do start to see halting of sales uh, of crude, we could really start to see prices skyrocket.
0: And with rising oil prices, of course, comes the specter of uh, higher inflation. And in fact, uh, today, here in the UK, we've seen the latest inflation numbers, Actually hold steady at 6.7%. There was a slight fall expected, but it's not a disastrous figure for the UK. Having said that, with these rising oil prices, the threat looms over the horizon of of higher inflation, which will not come as good news for the UK or for anyone else for that matter. Uh, Nick, it's a major factor, isn't it, in terms of uh, the rising uh, dollar price, rising oil, rising inflation, interest rates, and so on.
2: Yeah, and and actually even rising yields, right? Because uh, we have, surprisingly, so when, when war broke out initially, uh, I think in some ways it kind of created a little bit of a bid for uh, for bonds. We saw the yield um, You know, the 10 year specifically fall from, you know, where it was up at 4.8 something, 87 down to uh, 1.4.537. At this point, we're back to the highs. Uh, At the time of recording, we're at 4.87. And uh, there's a number of reasons that we could call out for this. Again, markets have been incredibly, uh, you know, the economy in the United States has surprised a lot of people, a lot of Wall Street, a lot of analysts, many people thinking that the economy would have rolled over by now. But you take a look at everything that's going on and it's kind of no question why inflation has been stubborn uh, here in the U.S. But of course, now you mentioned with with the U.K. as well. you know, we've seen there was there was strong retail sales numbers recently. Core, uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, CPI and PPI still showing strength uh, across the board. There's an argument for for a pretty resounding economy, and we're also going into the fourth quarter of. You know what is traditionally uh, where consumers spend a lot of money in the United States. Will that be higher or less than last year? Um, well, we'll we'll have to see. But uh, there are still forecasts for for a good sized demand from the consumer this year. There's so many variables when it comes to trying to talk about uh, the U.S. dollar. Uh, but to me, it's pretty clear that the dollar has been on a has been on an upward trend um, overall for for arguably a good reason. There's been, um, you know, a lot of strong economic numbers recently. However, uh, I, I want to ask Ed about this. There's been sort of some more dovish commentary creeping in, and you could also make the argument against the dollar by saying, well, yields at 4.87%, that's doing a lot of work for the Fed, right? The yields are high. Uh, that's going to that's gonna kind of be uh, you know, stunting in some ways to perhaps the economy. So I don't know, Ed, do you think that there is a a bearish case for, uh, for the dollar outlook from here, or do you think it's just going to keep staying dominant amongst all the other currencies? What do you think?
1: You're you're asking me if I'm jumping on the bandwagon. And I think that's, uh, that's, uh, that's something that has um, emerged over the past week or two. Um, We're seeing all of the, uh, top Wall Street banks are, are becoming extremely, you know, bearish for, for the Euro, for the Eurozone. Um, JP Morgan Citigroup calling for parity. uh, Nomura, Um, there's the, you know, the list goes on and on. Um, you know, everyone's either talking parody one oh two on the Euro it's you, 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 you have two wars, you have, um, the potential for, you know, Another leg higher in inflation. I think. I think what's important, as uh, Johnny mentioned, you know that UK inflation report. That's a strong reminder here that you know this is really before we're, we're going to see any of the impact of these these latest developments. And inflation has proven to be sticky. And I think that you're you're going to see that the trend has been the disinflation process was good for for the UK. Uh, I think you're going to see that though. The risk, you know, they're not going to move next month. This stickiness is going to keep the risk of a rate hike for uh, the Bank of England into early next year. I think when you take a look at what we're seeing in Europe, it, it looks like, depending on what type of recession we really see out of that region, and it's it's too hard to assess that. So right now, it seems that everyone is just kind of looking at uh, the U.S. growth exceptionalism story. The soft landing is still having uh, a good chance of holding up here. And, um it just, it, it, it's a one-sided trade. That's what scares me right now. It's very, um, I mean, we, we've seen dollar dominance. I've, uh, I, I was uh, happy to bring back the king dollar into my daily note uh, for quite some time now, but um, the markets is over positioned I mean, like when you have uh, the majority of all the, you know, top banks saying euro is going to fall, euro is going to fall. That's a red flag for me. Um, so, so it, it, you know, do, does the data support it yes does the you know the us you know i think the, the start of banking season we we we've heard from all the banks um now i think it's important to to take their assessment of the consumer with a grain of salt um because you know j p morgan city uh, city group you know wells you know their their consumer um is you know it's not it's it's their consumer base is part of the more wealthier side of, of, the, of the country, so obviously you're going to see more resilience there. Obviously, they've had more excess savings to, to hold on to. So the lower and middle income households they've they've seen um, a big drop here, uh, but but I think you're you're still looking at a growth story that is, I mean these. Going to the fourth quarter, it's like we're, we're not going to have a contraction. We're we're, we're still going to see uh, decent growth. Um, I'm not going to let you corner me into giving a projection just yet, but I, you know, it, it's it's not like we're going to have one percent. It's going to be well above that, and and that you know, com- when you compare it to what you're going to see in the eurozone, is is is, is going to be uh, the, the difference is going to be wide. And, and so, so I think you 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 still have short term. Catalysts here. I think you know. In in this environment, though, uh, you you know you have to be cautious jumping. You know, staying on the dollar bandwagon because of just how everything is positioned. So that's my two cents right now.
2: I think Ed, I want to add to that. I have this uh, this this last question I want to go to before we talk Bitcoin because I know there's something there that we got to discuss. the dollar, we, we you, in your response there and in my commentary before that, we've bounced between the dollar <clears throat> and talking about uh, the market in reference to kind of um, equities, right? And with the fourth quarter kind of coming upon us here with, with going into that segment, I wonder, uh, you know, I'm a history nerd, and when you look at the history of interest rates, People have been kind of all over the place, uh, you know, just just barking about how this higher interest rate environment is going to kill the stock market and all this sort of thing. But if you actually look throughout history at periods of time where the stock market did just fine while interest rates were near or even higher than where they currently sit, uh, the idea that just because we are at these levels, the stock market is going to fall, to me, is a little bit concerning. So maybe is there a case for a dollar that stays strong where you're seeing some growth in other places where maybe the dollar is not necessarily you know rocketing higher consistently but there's a case for a dollar to hold up strength while the stock market sees growth maybe perhaps that ai trade continues to be a factor and maybe the consumer is not destroyed since they've got good jobs overall is there a case where you see and maybe final thing if if other areas of the world see some decline is the stock market itself almost in some ways a safe haven where people may want to go into U.S. equities? Uh, so there's like this, I don't know, I'm sounding like a permable, but uh, the, the question is, is there an, a, an environment where both of those things can happen, stocks up, dollar up?
1: I think you have to be careful when you compare this cycle to any of the past ones. This time is different. I think every time we say that, though. <laughs> uh, but when you when you consider uh, you know, the you know tremendous amount of you know fiscal monetary stimulus we got over the past few years when you consider when we thought the stimulus was done then we had the republicans lose the senate and then we got another 1.9 trillion in stimulus and then all of a sudden um you know secretary Yellen says hey we need another 500 billion uh in issuance and and all of a sudden you have treasury market liquidity concerns i think there's uh There's a big that's a big red flag that changes everything. That eventually you could see Treasuries um, will not be the flight to safety trade. Equities could be. So I think that is one of the reasons why we're S and P 500 fairly close to 4400, 4380 as of this moment. I think there's a good you know bull case to be made. I think. Um, most strategists are still upbeat on the economy. Whether you see a soft landing, whether it's a mild recession, the the bull case is there because of how earnings, how earnings are unfolding and how, you know, the the bad news is is out. So I think the, the belief is as long as inflation is conquered and it's, I think there's a good reason to believe that it will be. Um, Fed is very aware of you know the risk of having stagflation linger, um, so that provides a good optimistic uh, outlook for for equities uh, long term. Now, uh, when you consider you know forget you know the the Fantastic Seven, uh, and if you if you don't look at Apple, if you don't look at Nvidia and, and all these other high flying tech stocks. You know the rest of the space has been pummeled and crushed, and they're significantly off. You know their, their recent highs, like some around thirty percent or so. That's what's being bought. So equal weighted S and P five hundred is a lot of the talk on on the street, and you'll probably see that uh, the kit, the catch up trade is is going to be here. So I think there's optimism here that you're going to see um, U.S. equities still remain in people's uh, favor. Um, but you know, obviously. We have to see what happens with inflation we have to see what happens with uh both wars that are now um you know front and center and uh, um we'll get more answers uh, in, in the near future
2: thanks ed and, and last thing i want to kind of toss it right back to you on this on this crypto news that we've gotten we've seen bitcoin kind of bitcoin's been a bear it's been in hibernation for a while it's been very very dull but suddenly came back uh out of hibernation what's uh, what's the latest on on bitcoin you know, but I think for a lot of crypto
1: traders, uh, everyone's just waiting and, you know, trying to get an update or, or some clues as far as to when are we going to get that spot Bitcoin ETF approval from the SEC? Uh, SEC has, um, you know, lost a couple cases. The outlook is rather upbeat. Um, I think what was interesting, uh, yesterday, Cointelegraph had, uh, um, an erroneous tweet. They, they, um, tweeted that, uh, BlackRock's ETF got approved. Uh, BlackRock quickly went on to CNBC, refuted that CoinTelegraph issued an apology, a correction. Uh, but you could see that you know the, the, the movement, you know, took prices above thirty thousand, and then obviously came you know undone. But it shows you that this market is waiting to see. There's two things that needs to inspire crypto traders. Yes, we need to spot Bitcoin ETF, and the other is the use case argument. Use case argument has not really made much progress it seems that we're getting very close. You know, I think a lot of people are anticipating that that could be finalized by the end of the year, if not, maybe January. Uh, but it, it seems that, and I mean, you have to be careful though, because all the op, I mean, because the sec lost the big cor- court case and they didn't appeal it. Um, I think there's optimism here that, um, you know, we're going to get, some type of approval for some of these etfs and there's several to, to to be um staying on top of but i think there's optimism that the space is going to become a lot more easy to invest in and that's the bull case for many people
0: absolutely fascinating uh, guys really interesting to hear your thoughts on all a wide variety of topics today we'll speak to you again on friday nick and uh, it'll be craig Erlem joining us on friday Thanks very much, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Johnny.
1: Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda.